Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rogue Chronicles. And today, joining me as always is that super villain to oust all super villains. It's Liam Hall. Hello, Liam. My boys, my boys, my boys. It is so good to be back, and um, I, I'm so glad to be back with Carlos Fire underscore Rayty. Um, you know, I, I've always, I've always pretty brave for you to put your age in your um, Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, gotta be done, gotta be done. No, so I, I have no respect for that. Um, but but Carl, who, who are we doing today? Can I ask you? We are. Doing... You tell me fucking nothing, so I have no idea. <laughs> no, no, yeah, this is all hush hush. There's no pre-plan. I mean, it might look like there's no pre-planning, but uh... yeah, it comes across that way. <laughs> there is, as um, hard to believe as that might be. Uh, today we're doing um, one of the most famous Spider-Man villains, um, one of his greatest foes, I would say, um, Norman Osborn slash the Green Goblin. Now, do you have much um, experience with this villain? Have you seen him in many media? I read um, some of the comics, and I came, I kind of came across him in some of the other Spider-Man-related paraphernalia. I, I think, I think I might have even seen him in some of the, like the TV shows. But I, I, I was too young to watch the Sam Raimi films. Um, yeah, so... yeah, me, me, me too. Yeah. Me too. yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I mean, you, you, you must have been what um, six at the time, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, and I, I was only four, because obviously you're only um, two years ahead of me, obviously. That's it, that's it. That uh, sounds right, that sounds right. Yeah, but um, so I literally just watched this film for the first time the other week. Which weeks, um, so I don't know if I told you this, but the only Spider-Man film of this trilogy that I saw was Spider-Man 3. Um, All right, yeah, the, the best one of the... The best uh, one, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Because it just came off on TV one day, so I was like, oh, you know what, I'll give it a try. And, um, I mean, you know, the thing is, some of it isn't actually that bad. Some of it's quite interesting, but some of it is, oof, man, it's fucking rough. So it kind of put me off watching some of the other things, to be honest. It is enjoyable enough, but they made some decisions in that film which didn't quite work. Yeah, but Venom was a bit of a, particularly um, the portrayal of, of Venom as Eddie Brock. I yeah, that's Topher Grace was horribly miscast in in that role, to be honest. Yeah, I, I feel bad for him. It's, um, it, it's a shame that he, that he had to kind of deal, deal with that. But um, yes, yeah, so I, I, I always heard that, um, obviously, the third film sucked. I always heard the second one was really good. And I, I didn't really hear much of the first one. All I really saw of it was this, it looks a bit like um, a Power Rangers kind of um it looked like a kind of power rangers film which i used to love power rangers as a kid so if anything i'm surprised i didn't watch it in fact i i, I was watching power rangers just the other month and there's something really quite um exciting about this and i think this film kind of has something similar to that but um i i assume you watched this when it first came out yeah i did yeah uh more joking aside i was 22 so i was able to just hop along to the cinema at will and uh and watch this one. I've always been a massive Spider-Man film uh, fan. Sorry, so I was really, you know, really looking forward to this film when it came out back in the day. So, yeah, uh, I, I saw it as soon as I could, and yeah, it was really, it was pretty good. The first one, not as good as the second. Um, I haven't watched it for a while, so I can't, um, 
can't really say how well it's aged compared to the, the newer ones. But it was basically this and the very first X-Men film, I think, which was released the year before, that really started the boom period in comic, comic book films and produced the movie. Mm. Um, Convince the movie studios that they could make absolute fortunes <laughs> from <laughs> from these films. It's weird because this it, obviously I, I kind of watch this, but like I said, I watched this very recently. The energy of these films is very um, refreshing compared to the Marvel films, which are very kind of, for the most part, at least very formulaic and very um, you kind of know what you're getting from this. But I, I think really Sam Raimi brought a really brilliant kind of energy to it, and I think. I think you. I think the character of the Green Goblin was actually very, very fascinating, and I, and I think there's lots of nice little things they do with him that kind of make him a more fascinating villain than most of the Marvel kind of portrayals, so to speak. Yeah, he's a he's a very interesting villain, uh, the Green Goblin. And just to go back, I think my first experience with Spider-Man and that character is probably the. Probably the cartoons, the the really old ones. I'm not even talking about the ones they did in the the nineties. I'm talking about the ones they, I think they, late seventies, early eighties, and wow, they're the first ones I watched when I was probably about four or five, something along those lines. Damn, that's 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 pretty crazy. My God, it's crazy to think people are still alive then, to be honest. (laughs) 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 But um, no, yeah, that's that is. um, Yes, I I guess you have a much more kind of richer kind of like history of 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 this character, whereas mine is. I have to admit, mine is pretty. My mind, mine's pretty limited, but I've enjoyed what I've seen of him. So yeah. it, so has has he been pretty consistent over the years? Pretty much, yeah. There are some newer ones where instead of um, just done in a costume, he actually turns into like a hideous a goblin creature. Um, more sort of uh, more recent to me, anyway. Uh, variations of the, that character, but I prefer the more traditional one, which um, most of the older comics, the cartoons. And this film interprets, although they, they go a bit different with the costume on on the blockbuster film, uh, is when he uh, yeah dons the dons the costume. But obviously, it's more than that. He, he's a brilliant scientist. He's the father. Mm. He's also the father of uh, Peter Parker's best friend, Harry Osborn. So there is a bit of a relationship between Peter Parker and, and Norman Osborn, and sometimes Norman sees Parker as a, almost another son, even to the detriment of his own relationship with Harry, because mm. Parker's um, so, you know, so brilliant. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, the kind of, the kind of interplay with, with his son and then with, um, I was going to say Harry, not Harry at all, but with Peter. It, it, it's, it's, I, I think it brings a lot to his son's character, but also his own. You can kind of see, because he does make an effort, at least to begin with, to kind of, you know, mend that kind of barrier between both of them. Um, either you can tell his son isn't particularly keen on him. Yeah, and it's even more important when you know that eventually, even though their relationship's strained, Harry does also become 
the Green Goblin himself later on down the road. Mm. Which, um, which I, I, I think is, he, I, I don't think James Franco does a particularly bad job, but yeah, I, I don't think, um, I don't think it's as good as William William Defoe's um, portrayal. Yeah, he's um, he's a great actor, William Defoe, and good at playing these sort of. Uh, strange um troubled sort of people but yeah the, the basic story uh just to get into a bit more of uh norman osborne the green goblin is norman's working on a like a formula um to increase the strength um and agility of people to create super soldiers which he's hoping to sell to the military and uh, keep his business um, Oscorp afloat. Obviously, he's put under tremendous pressure to get this uh, formula finished and completed, and um, it gets so much that he actually decides to test to test it on himself as the first human guinea pig. Which mm-hmm. you you know from other films and media that that's just not going to end well, is it? Let's be fair. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not always a good plan. Um, I, I think that's fair to say. But what, what I think, what I quite like about it, it's nice to see that it's kind of affected his mind as well, um, like n- not just his body. Yeah. So as a result, um, and some iterations, as you see, it's also an explosion when he's playing about with um, the formula. There's a lab explosion, and that also causes this change. Um, and in others, as I said, he he tests it out voluntarily on himself. But either so, either case, either scenario, um, has the same results. Yeah, he becomes um, super strong, um, probably even stronger than Spider Man, but also it affects his mind. And he sort of because, um, as you said, off air, that's the split personality. The Norman Osborn side mm. and the Green Goblin side, and the Green Goblin usually proves to be the more dominant personality and takes him over more often than not. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a bit of um, of um, Gollum in, in in the Two Towers, which I which I think actually came out in. Um, did that come out a year later? I think. Film wise, yeah, I don't know. Um, when the original source materials, which one would have come first? Possibly oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings, I think. Yeah, I think so. But in terms of films, because I mean, mm. I mean, um, Gollum is usually lauded for his, the, um, at least in the films, like the portrayal of of Smeagol and Gollum, the split personality is kind of hailed as this great bit of you know filmmaking and scripting and character. Whereas uh, I and I, I think. For this, it kind of leans less on that, but um, it it is still quite fun to see. Yeah, and he does he does have conversations with himself as well, mm. um, Mike Gollum. Yeah, and, and it's uh, it's very funny though, in fairness. Yeah, like the Green um, Goblin convincing Norman uh, to do his bidding, and sort of Norman sort of doesn't really want to, but he, he ends up getting swayed. It, it's quite bizarre, it is. It is played very much like it's two separate characters, even though it's the, the same person. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Um, but something I, I, I found um, 
quite fascinating about this uh, about this villain and, and I think it's something similar with uh, the second film with Doc Ock it's kind of you know the, these people have these things which happens to them which changes their biology changes their mind and it the whole kind of the whole kind of dynamic between the two is what you do with your power you know this whole idea of Spider-Man is you know with great power comes great responsibility and we kind of see William Dafoe kind of become a bit crazed and power obsessed with it um, and the same with like Doc Ock. Um, it, it's, it's very interesting to see the kind of it, it's, it's a nice dynamic between Spider-Man and Doc Ock. It, it, they're two people with kind of similar experiences and similar goals, but just they're very different people and they go about it in a very different way. Yeah, you get the you get the impression that Norman Osborn is probably on the verge of some sort of nervous breakdown anyway because of the the stresses he's under at work. Mm. So this probably is just another catalyst to, to push him further overboard. And obviously the formula just um, alters his mind. And yeah, in the film, he he attacks, he starts off by attacking the board that removed him from his own company, basically. And it's sort of similar in, in the comics and cartoons. He, he takes out people who sort of, you know, as the Green Goblin believes, has wronged Norman Osborn. And he's this normal as too weak to to wreak revenge himself. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it, 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 oh, it's, it's nice to see that's kind of consistent. I, I feel like this is, I mean, the film I feel like is quite um, faithful to the comics. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah. Well, what did you think of the the costume? from the film compared to the comics because it was a more sort of space age sleek design rather than the sort of almost like Halloween sort of green goblin costume from the comics and the, um, the yeah. cartoons. Well, well it, I think it kind of makes sense, particularly with, um, you know, Osmond's kind of um, background in, you know, military weapon weaponry and that kind of stuff. So, mm. I, I think it makes sense that he's a bit more um, high tech, so to speak. Um, I mean, it, it hasn't aged fantastically well. Like, it, I, like I kind of mentioned it before, it does. It does look a bit like a Power Ranger villain, which I mean, I, I kind of love. But um, oh, I, I can understand why that's been a bit decisive since. And it's kind of I've kind of heard that as a criticism, which I don't know. I I, I kind of like the practical costumes because I think they usually hold up a little bit better. Um, I I I purposely I, I personally quite like it, and I definitely prefer it to um, geez, I, I definitely prefer it to the Green Goblin in the Amazing Spider-Man film. Yeah, same here. But I I I'm a traditionalist, and I do prefer the you know the comic book and cartoons version where he's like in the the purple and green outfit. But I can see why it didn't mm. go with that for a blockbuster film, and it's always difficult because. They don't like um, covering up their main actors' faces because you lose a lot of a lot from the performance, from the the actor's eyes and the expressions when right. they're stuck under a mask, especially one that's going to cover you completely, like any sort of Green Goblin one. That's why they did like the the eyes like visors in the film version, where he can retract, you know, sort of retract the eyes on the mm. mask to 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 talk to Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense, and I, and I I do know what you mean in terms of the comics. I I think it's just kind of hard 
I think with these kind of adaptations to real life, it's kind of difficult to kind of make it feel like it's part of the world. Yeah, I think if if he kind of went with how the comics looked, um, I, I think it could have been a little bit difficult. Yeah, it might have it might have come across a bit too camp, mightn't it? Mm. Yeah, just a little bit. So I, I, actually, I was going to ask you, what, what, what do you? What did you think of the idea of Green Goblin trying to get Spider-Man to join him? I, I didn't really see that bit coming. I, I actually quite liked it. And him trying to be a father figure for both Spider-Man and then also Peter in real life. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure. Maybe. I mean, you get the feeling that once he got what he wanted out of Spider-Man, he'd have probably stabbed him in the back at some point. But uh, it was certainly an interesting angle to take. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I quite like that elements of it, and I think there's a nice kind of contrast, well, the similarity with um, Peter Parker, like his character. Um, I, I wasn't too keen on how he um, went out of it, how he died. To be honest. Yeah, I mean that's the trouble with the films as well. They have a tendency to to kill off these villains. Where in the comics and cartoons, obviously, because more child friendly, they don't have deaths. They also they also sort of have them sort of just being defeated and then being locked away in a mental asylum or whatever, so they can come back. But then mm. comics and cartoons are a lot more prolific than box office movies so you make a lot more so you you are going to need your villains to to come to come back i suppose um then you will do the movie because you, you know they're only done every two or three years perhaps so you can just move on to the next villain but yeah mm. uh, i'm not too sure killing them off was the best was the best route forward another thing what what, what do you think about his um his weaponry the green goblin's weaponry the, the glider and the the pumpkin bombs and so forth. Uh, I actually, I actually quite like it. I, I, I think it's a quite a cool kind. I, I, I think it's, I think it's pretty cool and it, it, aesthetically, it's very cool. And I think it's very dangerous. He, he, he comes across very dangerous, at least. Um, yeah, I, I, personally, I, I, I quite like it. What, what, what about you? Yeah, it, you know, it's quite a cool looking design. Obviously, it's. Not very sort of realistic for what's possible these days, but that doesn't really matter in comic book stuff. It, yeah, it's, it's a good bit of equipment. It makes him very agile and quick, and he can zoom about in the air. So it makes him you know, more of a threat to Spider-Man because he can sort of take him on at any level. Mm. And with the pumpkin bombs, as Sam Lee admitted himself in the comics and cartoons, they just they weren't just bombs. They, they did all sorts of things in vaporize or you know, make clouds of dust or something. He said, whatever they needed, they could just make it up and put it in a pumpkin bomb. It, it didn't matter for <laughs> the comics. And, and what. I, I like that. You know, you just try and do try and try and do anything you can, really. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a nice kind of nice way to go with it. So actually, I was, what, what did you make of um, Defoe's? Um, Portrayal. Yeah, in, I liked it. I, I thought it was a really strong portrayal, to be honest. Um, he played both characters really well, both the normal Osborne and the uh, Green Goblin. And he seems to be the sort of actor that would love to throw himself into sort of a corny character like the, the Green Goblin. You get a sense he's having a, a whale of a time playing that character. Mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think it suited him really well. Because um, I, I think we mentioned before that um, like he would be a, a great choice for the Joker. And I, I can definitely see it a lot more. And if there's, if there's something kind of threatening and also quite humorous about um, William Dafoe, I think, as an actor. Well, he already has the smile as well, doesn't he? So you wouldn't, yeah. need, too, you wouldn't need too much makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm looking at some of the other actors who are considered, and there's some interesting choices on here, like Nicolas Cage, Jason Isaacs, John Malkovich, Jim Carrey. I think they all would have been pretty good, but I am I, I am quite glad we got to see William Dafoe do this. Yeah, I thought it was uh, a great choice for it, and um, yeah, uh, I just I can't I can't envision some of the others doing being Green Goblin to be honest, especially John Malkovich. I suppose you'd say different if he was cast and he played him in the film, but. Um, I think William Post just a, such a good performance. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it would have been quite interesting to see it. Um, I, I wouldn't have mind seeing. I'd be definitely be interested to see how um, uh, Jason, 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 Jason Isaacs did it. I, 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 I mm. don't know why I can say his name for a second, but um, yeah, pers- personally, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. He had a bit um, really young back then. I would have thought Jason Isaacs. Yeah, I think so. Because well, was he in um he was in the Harry Potter films, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, I, I could have maybe seen him uh, at it. I mean, he's a fantastic actor, Jason Isaacs. I think. Yeah, he is. He mm. probably could. He probably could have done a decent job, actually. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I would like to see him have something like that at some point. Um, actually, I, I wanted to ask you, ask you briefly about the Amazing Spider-Man, um, two because obviously we saw um Green Goblin in that. Do, wait, have you seen that film? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 what did you think about it? It's it's different. I never hate it. Uh, it's probably it's probably the best part of that film actually because <laughs> mm. I'm a huge fan of um, what they did with Electro. To be honest, I think yeah. uh, I think Jamie Foxx was a decent performance as Electro when he was when he got to be the villain. Um, I wasn't I wasn't fussed on uh, the whole how he becomes electro business and the dweeby character he played beforehand and I think once he became electro he kind of felt finds himself being a bit underutilized almost to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I agree actually. Well, apparently he's um apparently he's coming back. Apparently uh, so, yeah. So hopefully hmm. they'll do a bit more with him. And so is Doctor Octopus by all by all accounts. Oh, well, the, the, the original actor. Yeah, apparently Alfred Molina signed on to to do some of that. Apparently, I don't know how. Um, yeah, I think you're right. That is, but that's, I've definitely heard that. Yeah. But yeah, um, was it Dane DeHaan who played him in the Amazing Spider-Man? I thought he's a good. I thought he's a good portrayal of um, Harry Osborne, actually. Um, yeah, and I quite liked. Well, I didn't like the aesthetic of the Green Goblin, but I quite like the way he played him. Um, with the manic laughter and um, mm. being responsible for the death of um, Spider-Man's love interest, which Green Goblin is in the, in the comics. So, yeah, that was good. It's just, it, it was just bolted on at the end and it got very little screen time, which was a bit unfortunate. Yeah, it was... Um... 
it's I I I I always feel bad for the guy because obviously you know he didn't write the role and he didn't write write the character. Um, I I think he did his best. Mm. Um, and obviously they they were setting this up for was it Sinister Six? Was that, was yeah, that thing wasn't it? Yeah, and Sony, um, like the DC people and um. The Universal Studios that owns DC. I'm never too sure. Um, oh, yeah. They were all trying to do their own version of Avengers, basically. And um, yeah. the Six was going to be um, Sony's version, but as they focus in all on the villains, I, I don't know if it would have worked anyway, to be honest. And because they seem to be so busy setting all that up in the film, it, it sort of helped it with its uh, poor box office takings. Well, it still did very well but not quite what the uh, studios were hoping yeah it's um it, it, it's something that i think a lot of spider-man fans have tried to forget about film um and you know, I, I don't think even the first one was particularly that great in all honesty no no i think i think they finally have got it right since they teamed up with marvel um the, the newer ones i i do enjoy the newer ones yeah, yeah, so, so so do I. The thing that really sort of pissed me off about the Tobey Maguire ones was that he uh, shut out webs organically, where in all the other variations he makes his own web shooters. I know it yeah. sounds like a you know a bit, it sounds like a <laughs> nitpick if you're not really a fan, but it's quite an important thing, you know, because Peter Parker's a genius and he was able to invent like a high tensile webbing thing for himself. I mean, I, I have a different problem with it just because I have so many questions about how the organic web shooter thing works. I, I think <laughs> there's, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what to think about that, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, 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 it is what it is, I guess. Man, but going back to the Goblin, this is it's what makes the Green Goblin so much of a threat to Peter Parker is he's he's also a genius mm. so you know he's, he's either just as intelligent or even more so than Parker himself so you know not just not just in strength but in mind he's a match for, uh, for our hero yeah I, I, absolutely they're, they're kind of um, they're two sides of the same coin in, in, in a way hmm and he's so close to him as well, personally, which he doesn't know at first, but it, it, that also leads to the discovery of um, Spider-Man's secret identity, which even makes him even more deadly a villain then, because he knows mm. who to target to really get to Spider-Man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I I I I I, I, have to say, I don't think I have really too much um, more to say about him. To be honest, did you have any um, like any, anything else you you kind of want to mention about it? Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to go into a little bit um, in various um, iterations of the Green Goblin when he's defeated by Spider Man, he, he will revert back to just being playing as Norman Norman Osborn, and he. He won't hold any memory of of what happened while he was a green goblin. Mm. And he's usually carted off to a psychiatric ward, and something will happen eventually that will trigger the green goblin persona to come back to the the forefront, and he'll he'll go on an 
another rampage and uh, you know, sort of kind of rinse and repeat, which worked pretty well for the, the comic books uh, and whatnot. Wherein the film is just like killed out, right? But it makes him, I think it makes him more of an interesting character that he is. Uh, Norman Osborne is a, a friend of um, Peter Parker's, and he's also his uh, best friend's father, which plays into the films as well, especially into the sequel. Hmm. Uh, at the end of the first film, he lays, uh, Spider Man lays Norman Osborne's body back in his house on the couch, and Harry Osborne witnesses this and he buys revenge on Spider Man. Which leads to a little bit of a cameo in the sec- towards the end of the second film where he and yes. Doc sort of failed to defeat Spider Man. Oh, I love this little bit. He starts. He sees a he sees the visage of his father in a mirror, and his father starts sort of putting him down like he's always done. <laughs> <laughs> you're, weak, you're telling me he's weak, and you'll never be able to. I can't remember the exact dialogue. And in a fit of rage, and to get rid of this vision of. Um, his father, he throws something at the mirror and smashes it, which leads him into a secret passage and um, to where he had all the uh, Green Goblin stash. And in mm. the, the third film, like in the comics and the cartoons eventually, Harry Osborn becomes a, an iteration of the Green Goblin himself. Yes, yes, he does. Um yeah, I, I, I have to honest, I, I, I struggled with uh, that thread of, um, not the thread, the kind of, the story of Green Goblin in that third film. I, I have to be honest, I, I struggled with that a little bit. Yeah, it probably needed the end of the second film because it all sort of ties, ties in. Mm. And he should have been the main villain, really, in the third film, not, not you know, not Venom. Venom could have waited to the fourth outing. It's, it's annoying because I, I thought Sandman was a really, really compelling character in that third film. Um, I, I kind of wish they did a little bit more of him. Um, but actually, Harry Osman comes across as a bit of an idiot um, with his whole Spider-Man thing at some point. Yeah. Um, maybe, well, I don't know if that's just because of like, cosmic irony or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not too sure. He's just he's sort of angry with Spider-Man. Angry at Spider-Man, you know, based Spider-Man for killing his father. I mean, he did, sort of, but it's his dad's own fault at the end of the day. He, he was the one trying to kill Peter Parker. Peter Parker as a green goblin, but of course you don't, you don't see it like that. And then he's pissed mm. off at Peter Parker because he sees that he's pinched his girlfriend in, in Mary Jane, so, yeah. He's, he's, he's one of those things in writing where you kind of, he's someone who's, he's, I think he's supposed to be misunderstood, but he just comes across as a bit deluded, uh, for lack of a better term. He, he's, he's one of those kind of writing tropes where, yeah, he's just, he, I, I always find it a bit frustrating. But in the, in the comics, it's played out a little bit differently, and obviously we've got more time to to lay it all out because he has troubles with drugs and stuff as well before he eventually slides into um, depression and whatnot and then becoming a, a, the Green Goblin himself but a, a far sort of less successful one than his, his father's irritation mm. yeah that, 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 that makes a lot of sense um, but I guess with that 
we should um we, we, we should go to our rating system. Yeah, definitely. So um fear factor. My friend, what are you going for? Uh I'm going for an eight. Okay, yeah, but I think that's that's fair enough. Um I'm not too sure to go for this one. Um I he never really like genuinely terrified me. Um I think I I think it's a bit harsh, but I think I'm gonna go for a six. Fair play. Um complexity of character. Uh I think I think he's fairly complex. I'm gonna go for maybe maybe an eight. Probably yeah, you. I'm gonna go for an eight as well, especially when you delve more into the comics and you know, he's Norman Osborne's quite a nice guy when he's not remembering what he's done as a green goblin. And then, mm. you know, he's got whatever it is, triggers him, and, uh, yeah, he becomes this complete lunatic that flies around on a glider trying to kill Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if anyone, wants to, if anyone wants to come at me and say that I'm deluded and I know absolutely nothing, um, you, you're probably right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you're mad at someone, be mad at Carl. Um, yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's an interesting one, because I don't think we've really touched on it, but impact on pop culture... I, I I find this a little bit hard to kind of measure, to be honest. Yeah, I would say um, I would say an eight or a nine. He's um, you know one of Spider-Man's most enduring uh, villains. I mean, it shows that he was the first one they what they they went to when they did the first Spider-Man film back in two thousand and one when they would have been making it. Hmm. Um, it's been around for forty odd years now, at least probably more than that. Uh, probably more like 60 odd um, so yeah I, I think he you know he's well known so I, I'm going to go for a 9 ok fair enough um, I think I'm personally going to go for a 7 because I, I don't think he's on the level of some of the other people that we've given 9s to um, but I, I mean I, I, I always knew who he was um, so I, I think I think that says something and I, and I, I think for the most part, I think his portrayal has held up pretty well. Um, yeah. So I think I'm probably going to go going to go for a seven. Okay. Um, what about the look? Yeah. Um, I I personally quite like the look, so I, I think that I'm I'm stuck between an eight and a nine. Um, yeah. I'm I'm going to go for an eight. I mean, the 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 looks were. Right for their times, I would say the different lots. But I've always been a fan of the comic book ones. But I can understand that it, it can look a bit sort of corny, maybe even slightly camp. So, uh, mm. but it's an enduring look, and you instantly know who it is. So, so for me, I'll go for an A on that. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think I think it works well in the comics, and I think for the most part, um, minus for Amazing Spider-Man Two, I think the aesthetic has looked pretty good considering. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, power. I think he's, he's he's a pretty powerful figure. Even when he's kind of Norman Osborn, Osmond, he kind of he, he comes across very threatening and very intimidating, a very a very powerful figure. Um, I think I'm probably gonna go for an eight as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a nine because he's he's yeah, as you say, he's he's very intelligent and. Uh, mm. That sort of got his own company and connections as normal as born and as a goon goblin he's more of a match strength 
as we've as we said, uh, intelligence wise for Spider-Man slash Peter Parker, and he's got all his gadgets like the glider and the bombs and electric gloves as well. So so yeah, he, you know he's, he's very powerful and he's quite the threat as well. So a nine for me. What did you say? Sorry, uh, I I believe I said an eight. I know, that's fair, so um, he's now the third person that we have on seventy nine. If if my calculations are correct. All right, so there we go. It's becoming quite a common score. Yeah, so yeah, I I think he's in good company with the Daleks mm. and the Masters. So um, did you, do you want us coming in with this? I didn't think you'd score that highly, but I I think that's I feel like that's probably fairly fairly deserved deserved to be honest. Yeah, he's he's you know he's an enduring comic book villain, like the Joker. Um, maybe, maybe the Joker is more well known um, mm. than the Goblin's. Slightly more powerful because he's got the, you know, the, the super strength and whatnot. Yeah, I, I mean, Joker is is a hell of a lot higher. Um, mm. But I, I mean, you, you can kind of see at this point, like, um, you have to be to be a good villain. You kind of have to have a very good average score, and um, and I, I think he, I think he's quite well, well rounded. Yeah, definitely. He, he hasn't got many um, notable weak points, I think. No, 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 no. He, he's he is quite a, quite a strong villain in those respects. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I, I guess that's it. But, but this is quite a fun one to do. So. Um, Thank, thank you for that. So, Carl, do you, do you have anything you'd like to, um, anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, you can check out our other um, Rogue Chronicle episodes. that will be um, on the Rogue Opinions podcasts, which you can find on uh, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and all the good podcasting platforms. And uh, you can find our other pods as well, Banter Munich, the um, the grapple updates that the other lads do so check all those out while you're at it as well and um you can find us at uh, rogue underscore opinions on twitter and instagram and liam nice um i don't have much things to plug so i'm just gonna um say another charity so um follow the samaritans on twitter you know and, and you know feel free to kind of Contact them at one one six one two three if you're feeling quite down in the dumps, or you know someone who's struggling during COVID and during this very tough period. So um, yeah, we 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 hope you're all okay, and um, and if you know someone who's struggling, then p- please um please um recommend them. Yeah, well said, Liam. Thank you, thank you very much. So, Ricardo, I, I think it's only fitting that we should sing um the Nickelback song from the Spider-Man film, "Sing Us Out," right? Uh, you can. I don't know the words, so uh, all right, sure, okay. And they say that a hero could save us, not gonna stand here away. Uh, hold on to the wings of the eagles, watch his wings.